Welcome to Spread the Word Now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus declares, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is my earnest prayer that as you receive the ever-living word, the brokenhearted will be healed, there'll be liberty to the oppressed, recovery of sight to the spiritually blind, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Hello, my name is Paul Valley, and uh, I'm the pastor of Livingstone's Church in Red Deer, Alberta. Choices actually determine our destinies. We make decisions about where to live, who to build relationships with, who to marry or whom to marry. All of these decisions have consequences, some of them more significant than others. I can ask the question, who am I listening to? Who can I trust? Who really cares about me? Are the people shaping my life even healthy? Are those that I, can I respect and learn from them? Are they successfully navigating their own lives? One of the great examples of a man of faith in the Bible is a man by the name of Abraham who became, the Bible says, the father of many nations. I just want you to imagine what life was like for Abraham nearly 4,000 years ago. He was living in a major urban center, shaped his values by his family and culture, but there came a day when something significant happened to him. God appeared to Abraham and called him, and it radically changed his life and set him on a journey that I think is a model and an example for all of us. Generations later, a speech before the Jewish uh, religious body, the Sanhedrin, Stephen is telling of the calling of Abraham. In Acts chapter 7, verse 2, it says, To this he replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. And after the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance here, not even enough ground to set his foot on. But God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at that time Abraham had no child. Abraham responded in obedience to God's word and promises, and he acted on them. And God did exactly what he promised. And you and I can be assured that when God makes promises, he will fulfill them. Abraham actually is a phenomenal model because the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Romans chapter 4, verse 16, Therefore he prom- the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of us all. What kind of a life are you aspiring to? A life of faith or a life that looks and trusts in what you see? What often appears durable and lasting can be tentative and perishable. In contrast, there are things that may at first glance seem more tentative and less stable, but in the end prove to be eternal and durable. The following Proverbs outline this truth for us. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 14, just a few of them. Proverbs 14.11 says, The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the righteous will flourish. Here we see a contrast between a house and a tent. Bruce Walkey says, This proverb also implicitly teaches the disciple to walk by faith and not by sight. 
Paradoxically, the wicked's house is less secure than the righteous tent. Though outwardly, it would appear that the house is more stable and durable. What determines durability is actually the character of a person. Character determines whether things endure or collapse. Abraham's faith, as described in the book of Hebrews, reveals to us the wisdom of choosing God's path. Another way of saying it is doing God's will. For too often in life, people make choices as if this earthly life is everything, and our perspective of life is shaped, and our decisions are made, and our direction are taken based solely on what we're seeing rather than upon God's word. People many times make decisions based on material considerations, human intellectual prowess, and what they can momentarily see rather than trusting in God, having faith, and obeying what God's calling them to do. In Proverbs 14, 12, we're reminded of the folly of such decision-making. In verse 12, it says, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. What is confusing for most people making decisions is the idea that there are so many options, when in reality, there are basically two, God's will or our will. The first foundational aspect in making a decision is simply we could trust ourselves. Now, it's true that God has given each of us a gift of volition or will to make decisions, and often the decisions we make are being influenced by many factors that are shaping our hearts and affecting our emotions. Yet, ultimately, we choose. We are responsible for our decisions, even though we've been shaped by those around us, from those who have parented it, educated, peers and friends, those who counsel, various cultural expressions such as media and entertainment— We either embrace or reject what's being given to us. It's within that context that we create a way of looking at life, and this is called a worldview. If these things that define for us what we think it means to be healthy, happy, and successful. But take a look at our text again. There's a way that seems right, but it ends and leads to death. Richard Clifford says, This well-known saying contrasts the judgments that people make of their paths or course of life and their actual outcomes. Path is a metaphor for human conduct. Straight is a metaphor for what's honest and good. The word end in the wisdom literature often means the outcome in light of which the whole is evaluated. Its end indeed shows the rightness of a path, but only God can see the end at the beginning. Human beings, we judge only what is directly in front of us, but we cannot see what's further down the the road, the future. Tremper Longman says the proverb deals with human perception versus reality. What seems the right path of life may well turn out to lead to dire consequences. The proverb calls on the wise to constantly question and evaluate their path. It's interesting how this text is developed or illustrated in the next two verses. What outwardly appears to be a joyful and happy person may simply be a mask hiding tremendous pain. Proverbs 14.13 says, Even in laughter the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. Once again, we're reminded that what we physically see may not be actual reality. We do not see into the hearts of others. What may appear to us as a happy existence may not be what's transpiring in the core of that person's soul. We are constantly making evaluations based on sight. And many people we know use humor to mask the pain in their lives. Or they don't want to take life seriously because for them it's far too painful. And humor, for them, is one form of escapism. 
that's not to suggest that humor is not valid. I think we need to learn how to laugh at ourselves and not take ourselves too seriously. Richard Clifford relates that laughter and sadness can coexist. In the second part of the proverb, we see one emotion following the other. People are complex. Outward emotions are often not the whole story. And emotions, as we know, are fleeting. One thing we know for sure, the party does not ultimately come to an end. At the conclusion of life's course, there is grief. And we have this warning in verse 14. The faithless will be fully repaid for their ways and the good rewarded for theirs. What we learn is that decisions have profound consequences. How many people actually live with regret? If they could just start over again, they would make different choices and hopefully have different outcomes. And yet, it's never too late to make good choices. As a matter of fact, if you make good choices today, it's going to have great outcomes later on. Choices are actually a reflection of the condition of our heart at that moment. So what kind of a person are we becoming? How are we going about making these decisions? And what is the aim of our decisions? Are our decisions make really, I believe, are making a reflection of the kind of person we are and are becoming? So what should this tell us? We should consider carefully the path that we're walking on and the choices that we're making. People who easily dismiss their impulsive actions are often not aware that those decisions may have a lifetime set of consequences. Wise is the person who is reflective and considers the ramifications before acting. Those who are truly wise look to God for direction. Verse 15 says, The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. That word is so beautiful. Prudence comes actually from a Latin word meaning to see ahead. It's the ability to govern and discipline ourselves by use of reason and good judgment. Each decision we make impacts our future. This Proverbs is teaching us to consider before we act. And it's a lack of wisdom to believe everything we hear, for a prudent person will investigate matters before taking and making decisions. The second foundational aspect in making decisions is simply to trust God. What we find earlier in Proverbs is the idea of learning to discern the wisdom that comes from God. Our trust shifts from ourselves to Him. This is where we now find practical expressions to guide us in this walk of faith rather than making decisions based on human knowledge alone, ours or others. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7 so beautifully states, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So how do we know that we're actually trusting in God rather than ourselves? One, by the way we live. This is shaped by the values we're gleaning from God's word. And when we embrace God's values and we make decisions in keeping with his will, we become wise. And wisdom in the Proverbs is simply to really respect and revere God. It means to do what's right in his eyes. And whenever we disregard what God has to say and do what we think is best for ourselves, it leads to consequences we had not considered. Whoever fears the Lord, it says in verse 2 of chapter 14, walks uprightly, but those who despise him are devious in their ways. One of the great tragedies is that there are people who are talking the talk but not walking the walk. And we can see that in so many situations. 
When we make a decision in opposition to God's will, as revealed in his word, our willfulness is actually a state of arrogance on our part. We're trusting in ourselves rather than God, and there are always consequences to willful decision. So what is the course of our life, and how are we making decisions? Are we walking by faith, which is expressed in our obedience to what God's word reveals to us, embracing its values and making decisions, or are we walking by sight, affected by the circumstances of life, making decisions based on what we're witnessing around us. A walk of faith is a walk where we live a life in conformity to the Word of God. We demonstrate as characteristics of unfailing love and truth, not just external conformity or religious activity. We began looking at the life of Abraham. He made a choice based not on what he saw, but by what God had told him to do. And the end result of his life was amazing. Who will you look to in directing you? Will it be you or God? Will you walk by faith or will you make decisions determined by earthly standards and circumstances? Let me close with our text again. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Let's pray that you and I make prudent, godly, wise, obedient decisions. Amen. Friend, The word you heard today is for you. Character determines whether a person stands or falls. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end might be that of death. It's about choosing right, friend. Would you choose life? Would you choose blessing? And I want to lead you in prayer. If you're ready to choose Christ today, he will come into your heart. He will dwell in your heart. He'll give you a new life. And if you mean it in your heart, God answers you this moment. Declare after me, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I choose life today. I receive you into my heart. I confess my sins before you. I declare that you paid the ultimate price for my sins on the cross. Thank you for your blood that cleanses and washes me away. From this day, O God, I am a new creation. Thank you for the opportunity to choose life today. And I give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Spread the Word Global Ministries Red Deer. If you'd like more information, You can contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org or info at spreadthewordnow.org or through our website at www.spreadthewordglobalministries.org. Our phone number is 587-377-7745. Thank you. Bye for now.